Welcome once again to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. And for those who have been listening to me for any length of time, you know that I've talked at times about what's happening in Brazil. Because what's happening in Brazil is very similar to what's happened in the United States with the election last year uh, and and now with a, uh, a protest of the, the people against the government. The media is drawing a lot of parallels between Trump and Bolsonaro and between uh, January 6th and what's happening currently in Brazil. And I have yet to see a major media organization do a good job reporting on this. And so I thought what I would do is have a guest on who knows a lot more about this than myself. And that's just what we have today for you. And, um, you know, for those who are uh, coming at this from a very Christian perspective, I just want to say, for me, this is multifaceted. But this last Sunday, we had a missionary from Brazil who's working with the uh, Kane Gang tribe talk about this very issue. And uh, they're very concerned because the new government that uh, Lula is overseeing could threaten their efforts at missionary work. And they've been there for decades. And so this has a lot of implications and maybe we'll get into some of that. But my guest that I'm excited to introduce to you is Ricardo Martins. And he is an evangelist, a missionary, uh, believe it or not, to the United States from Brazil. So we have missionaries going from Brazil to the United States, from the United States to Brazil, and we need them here. Uh, he's at the Abundant Grace Christian Church, which is a non-denominational church in New Jersey. And he's been instrumental in helping translate Enemies Within the Church, a documentary that I was part of, uh, to people in Brazil so they, they can understand what's happening uh, to their country. Uh, he has a course for Brazilian leaders on Marxism and how it's affecting Brazil. And you can go to the info section to find links to his Instagram account, which has over 150,000 followers. Welcome, Ricardo. Thank you, John. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Well, it's my pleasure, and it's uh, certainly an honor to have you on to explain this, because like I said, the media is not covering what's going on. And so I thought it would be helpful to start from the beginning, since you are from Brazil, you have boots on the ground there, you're very involved, you're somewhat of an activist, and uh, I suppose, or a, a political influence, we'll say that, in the minds of uh, people down there. And um, you know, I, I want to start here. A few years ago, I was at Liberty University, which is a very Christian. It's known to be a conservative university. And I remember some of my classmates who would probably also claim to be conservative, but they uh, they had a certain opinion of Bolsonaro. They said that your president at the time, Yar Bolsonaro, was a fascist, that he was a new Hitler, that he was this horrible person. And uh, he wanted uh, LGBT people to die. And I don't remember everything they said, but there was a whole list of things. And I just remember being skeptical of it because uh, if you do a search online for English sources on Bolsonaro, like 95% of them or more are all negative. And, and they they read like hit pieces. Uh, I don't know, you know what they're sometimes talking about, whether they're taking Bolsonaro out of context or what. And so... I um, the little I have read seems to indicate to me that he's more of actually a traditional conservative type. And that is the first thing that clued me into misperceptions, that the way that we understand probably a lot of countries around the world are filtered through this mainstream media, even conservative commentators. That's where they're getting a lot of their information. And so why don't we start there? Uh, Bolsonaro, what was his presidency like? Was it positive? Was he a fascist? Um, w what's going on in, in Brazil that they're so upset that he's not 
I guess, presumably going to be the next president? Thanks for the question. And it's 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 really common question when people ask me. And there's a, a deep uh, misperception regarding the image of Bolsonaro. He's actually a Christian and his wife, she's an evangelical Christian. She's a faithful woman. And they're a Christian family. They have Christian values. They're a traditional. And he's a traditional conservative. Uh, we call, he was a congressman from the low chamber. He's, was, he was definitely not a popular congressman, but we, he was a, a freedom fighter for the family. So he's been fighting against all the agenda that you guys see every day, like this Marxist agenda, the infiltration. And he says he is a completely anti-communist guy. He was not a billionaire. He's not even a millionaire. He's got, he's a simple man that became president and the system tried to, to label him. I know, I mean, this whole, you know, globalist thing, just try to label him as this guy, um, oppressive man who hates people, who wants to put people in jail. And this actually never happened because he isn't. I can tell that he is, he is a hundred percent uh, family guy, you know, he loves the people, the people loves him. And I know that there's a lot of uh, misperception going on in America regarding his image, but I can surely tell to many people that the problem with Bolsonaro, it is because he's a Christian. And now they want to try, we know the system is anti-God, right? The patterns that people label them is exactly to, um, you know, just take that man's image and throw it on the social media and all the media outlets around the world saying this guy, he's a oppressive man. He is a fascist guy, you know, labeling him, all the, the ists, you know, in, in, the, in the world and the isms um, possible to actually uh, dismantle all his positive, you know, uh, actions in Brazil. And, but I can tell you, not just from, from my perception, but for most of the Brazilians, he he is the he was the the big the best president in the history of of Brazil. Uh, that's for sure. There was no other president that dealt better with you know all this COVID thing and all this stuff that went you know on in the in the last couple of years. But unfortunately, the same pattern that happened in twenty twenty elections in America was applied in Brazil. We had a Lula da Silva, which is a convicted felon. He is like from 19 judges. We, we have to say this. This is 12 charges against him from 19 different judges in Brazil. Wow. And one single Supreme Court judge took him out of jail. for So they put him to run for president because they want to take the power. So this is basically what happened. And we heard from many people in the Workers' Party. Remember, the Workers' Party in Brazil is the communist party lula's party are basically they're not but there is there is a communist party within and they are the communist party of brazil right now why i don't know if you if you if you guys remember but uh since 2002 lula is in power so he he was there for two terms and then he elected his uh, um one of his ministers called Dilma Rousseff. She was president for two terms already, one and a half actually. So we had uh, before him Fernando Enrique. And Fernando Enrique Cardoso was, he was the, the <clears throat> biggest Gramiciist guy in the history of Brazil. So we had basically 26 years 
of this Grammy shift in cultural Marxist uh, culture and agenda being implemented in Brazil, preparing and paving the way for many Brazilians to have this Marxist mindset. And when Bolsonaro took office, it was just four years to cleanse the country um, of corruption. And Lula da Silva, he's, he's been a convicted felon. So this is exactly uh, why the people are on the streets right now in Brazil. It does sound a little bit like Trump, not completely, but, you know, Trump uh, being kind of an anomaly different than those who preceded him. And uh, the same kind of uh, thing, the swamp is what Trump called the deep state or the administrative state. And and they, of course, uh, uh, turned on him in a way, I guess. And, you know, the parallels are just very interesting to me. You said something, though, that strikes me as maybe different in Brazil before we started recording. And that is that you said something's happening in Brazil that I think you said 90% of the country considers themselves to be some form of of Christianity, whether that's, um, I think you said 50% Roman Catholic, 50% evangelical, but there's some kind of a Christian understanding there somewhere. And that's a a shift. Whereas in the United States, we're going the opposite direction. (laughs) Christianity seems to be, well, you're a missionary, right? You know, that's why. What's um, going on in Brazil? Is like, is there a spiritual revival? Is there just a general uh, respect for tradition? Why are people moving in more of a Christian and, and conservative, it sounds like, direction? That's a great question. Um, uh, we're, we're so excited about what's happening spiritually speaking in Brazil. Uh, we know that there's something going on, and we believe that there's a revival happening in Brazil. Um, and this awakening, this ha- had never happened before. You know, we have reformed, traditional, you know, uh, evangelical Christians. We have um, Pentecostal. We have Catholics coming together for pray to pray. They pray together. They they go to the streets together. Not not just for the protests. We've seen this before. Like like Christians coming along to pray, believing in a, in a revival and this this awakening happening in Brazil, and and the awakening just started a couple of years ago, but now. Uh, the culture is shifting towards a more Christian approach. We had a lot of non-Christians before, but now we have a lot of Christians. And what's happening in Brazil, it is a a spiritual and social awakening, anti-agenda, anti-Marxism, anti-socialism, anti-communism, because we do know one thing. Um, let me explain to you this. We do not have the the philosophical and the theological teaching and resources available like you guys have here in America. But we do know what we do not want. We don't want socialism. We do not want communism. And many people, they have no idea what is communism at all. But one thing they they know, we want God. They want Jesus. Um, they want this revival. And this is happening. And this is part of my work is to teach pastors and leaders, help them, equip them to understand um, uh, what Marxism is, is, is doing in America, how this thing is operating, how the Frankfurt School, the Fabian Society, was, it, it had this uh, biggest uh, a, a lab, open, open uh, uh, lab in California, and how they implemented very well the agenda, and what we can do to, to uh, stop that. Because we could stop Marxism, it's just a matter of people really wanting to stop Marxism from happening. Because the shift in the society is when you take God away from the school, from, 
from the judiciary, from you know uh, every single layer in the society. You just yeah. remove God away, and now we do you you don't have God anymore. And how God will operate? Even even churches that are like uh, just operating some sort of you know uh, theological theological teaching with some sort of a Marxism uh, embedded, but yeah. we do not want that in Brazil. And and we've seen that, and and this is my perception of uh, the reason why we're experiencing a, a, a beautiful, you know, mm -hmm. um, awakening in Brazil. Let me ask you this, because um, what, what you're describing sounds like it's a rejection of the direction that the country was going, and as you said, for over 20 years, and the people are saying that we don't want this. We we want to go back to. Uh, traditional things and uh, some of them perhaps r really making genuine conversions to Christianity. That's all encouraging because we don't see that really in the United States, not in the same way, at least. Uh, Lula, though, somehow, supposedly, according to our media, was elected, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, it, you know, and, and I know that uh, getting into the weeds on this perhaps gets you deplatformed. And so I don't want to um, threaten that perhaps. So uh, there is information that I'll try to put in the info section for people who want to uh, dig deeper into this. But, you know, the question that I think I have is what what are some uh, indicators that the people weren't really with Lula? Because, I mean, I saw one that was I think you have like four districts, if I'm not mistaken. And one of them uh, was where all the votes for Lula were found pretty much. And it wasn't in even rural or urban areas. It was in this one district. And, you know, things like that arouse your suspicion. What things can you point to that say, oh, I don't know if the people were re really actually with Lula? No, they're not. They're not. Uh, we, we are sure about, uh, we're convicted of what we believe right now. It is rigged elections. Okay. We, we don't want to go through the details because you can get deplatformed. But basically, this is what's happening. The elections uh, are, are rigged already. Okay. We know that. And this is why. Um, what you've seen in Brazil, the protests, right? Yesterday, uh, I mean, Sunday was a very special day last Sunday. It was a very special day. But it was a day when some infiltrators infiltrated within the protesters to in inflammate them and say, hey, let's let's go to the let you know, let's go to we call uh, um we call the 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 three powers plaza. Okay, but you guys here call capital. It's is the presidency, like the White House, Supreme Court, and Congress all together in one big place. So let's go there and let's protest. It was peaceful protest, but somehow some infiltrators got inside in the midst of the people and started breaking, you know, the Supreme Court, um, you know, the Congress, and also the presidential palace. Um, what I can tell you is this. Um, most of the protesters, okay, like 99% of them, are peaceful protesters. We have we have children, you know. We have ladies. Um, we have uh, people from all over the country praying. First of all, they were praying all over Brazil in front of every single military headquarters. Um, so I don't know if you know that camp. It's in outside of the military headquarters, which is kind of a pentagon that you guys have. Mm -hmm. They they had been there for over like seventy days, and uh, so what happened is. Uh, they they're frustrated because the generals betrayed uh, the people. They're not serving the people, and, and it's clear message from the people: we do not believe in the generals anymore. We believe in the army. We believe in the military, but not 
uh, the generals. And also because the Supreme Court, they cannot count on the Supreme Court. That's mm -hmm. the biggest problem that many people do not understand. The Brazilian Supreme Court are not the same as in America. We do not have a conservative or more, I don't know how to say this, but a more right wing or a Supreme Court that is going to give up from, from Roy versus Wade and give back to the state. Right, no, right. We have a full, th this is a statement. We have a full socialist Supreme Court. Nine out of 11 judges were put there by Lula da Silva and Dilma Rousseff. We have mm. a nine judges out of 11 that are socialist supports Lula da Silva. And the system, okay, right now, what we have to understand is um, the Supreme Court right now, it is so invasive. Not in America. If you guys think the Supreme Court here is invasive, huh? imagine having uh, uh, Ron DeSantis as a president and having Maduro Supreme Court. Mm. This is the situation in Brazil we had. And Supreme Court, there's, there's, they're the majority socialists. And we have, of course, uh, many people from deep state, globalists, and also from the New World Order infiltrated in Brazil, plotting against Bolsonaro, who hates them, hates him because he's an anti-system guy. And this was basically the foundations of the coup that happened. And you guys are seeing right now what's happening is people got angry and people are so frustrated because they have been for 70 days calling out for the military intervention but this never happened and bolsonaro was um he was somehow they threat him if he signed um a martial law which is article 142 for military intervention um the system sent him a message we got to be clear on that i don't know if you remember um castillo from peru he he was he tried to, to sign off for martial law in peru and he was what he was arrested and the system got his hands on Latin America for many, many years. So that was a clear message to Bolsonaro. See, Castillo, he's a socialist, right? But no matter what happens, we're going to take you down. We're going to arrest you. And this is why he was threatened by generals, betrayed, and he was not allowed to sign up to sign for uh, sign the martial law, Article 142. This is basically what happened. Well, that sounds so parallel to what happened in 2020 <laughs> in so many ways. And I I wasn't clear exactly on what was going to happen. There's still um, some of the sources that I was looking at seem to be hopeful that maybe something could happen. Yeah, to I was too. Yeah, to restore. I, I'm still. I'm still. Yeah, to restore Bolsonaro or to uh, uh, show the, um, how do I say it, <laughs> the let's say not above board nature of the past election perhaps and uh what's happened though is um you, you've had your january 6th moment it sounds like you've had people and now you had more police uh i mean we actually had that too though i was thinking you had police uh, escorts you had uh, police taking pictures of the protesters but we had a little bit of that there was some police taking pictures of the protesters even in the capital and now that that's over you know that didn't really accomplish anything or did it I mean, maybe it did, but it didn't. It probably just gave fodder for the left to accuse Bolsonaro supporters of being seditious. And now, um, I mean, what's the next step? Is there what's the hope that you have right now? Um, right now, we know that there is a lot of things going on. The left is trying to dominate and to rule. Uh, remember, they are the minority controlling the majority. 
And because the Brazilian people are mostly conservative and right-wing people, uh, we have over 75% of conservative people. We do know one thing, that they, we will not stop. They will not stop um, protesting. And now they're, what they're doing is they shut it down every single um, gas uh, distributor in Brazil uh, because the truck, the truckers are the ones who transport gasoline and fuel to the whole country. Um, they're stopping uh, fuel distribution in Brazil. They're going to stop the country. This is what they're doing right now because they want to stop the country. They want to take every single port in front of the ports. Um, uh, truckers wants to stop already. They're, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, they're, they're being uh, supporting the protests. But the people, they do not want to stop. Remember, we have martial law, which calls federal intervention in the district of uh, um, Brasilia capital. <laughs> but not in the whole country. Um, people are hopeful. Of course, they're afraid of, you know, some backlashes, of course, because the left is using police force. But um, the people believe that, you know, in God's, first of all, in God's intervention, and number two, that they do not want communism for Brazil. And rigged elections are, you know, openly spoken around uh, every single um, 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 person that supports not just they support Bolsonaro. Even people, which is um, somehow from the left, they 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 seems like there's something really wrong going on. Is and, that is that the common perception down there? Because the letter we read yes. from the missionary, she just flat out said we had a stolen election, and she didn't qualify it. She just acted as if that was the common perception. Yes, we had <laughs> stolen elections for sure, and this okay. is why the people are so um, uh, frustrated right now in protesting on the streets. But they're 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 destined not to stop. They're destined to defeat the system, and this is what they want right now. I don't know how this is gonna go, um, how this is gonna play out right now, but I'm sure that there's something really, really deep, um, happening right now as we speak. Uh, the federal police took over 1,300 people into um, a federal police facility headquarters in Brasilia. Uh, they arrested children, elders, they, 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 they um, you know, uh, ladies, like 70, a 77 years old lady passed away. And another guy, you know, just cut his arms over here, you know, try to kill, you know, kill himself. Um, like, there's something really crazy happening as we speak right now in this morning. Yeah, it sounds like you're a little more aggressive than the people uh, that are Trump supporters or, or you know, were concerned about 2020 were. Uh, what's the leadership like? Because that's important to me uh, in all this. One of the things that I think became apparent on January 6th, and it really was that whole intervening period between the election and then uh, the inauguration of Joe Biden, was that we were kind of leaderless. And I say we as in those who con were concerned that something terrible had happened. Uh, you know, Trump... Trump was a bit half-hearted about the whole thing, and he wasn't really taking the lead. He wasn't taking the bull by the horns as much. And I see with Bolsonaro, uh, he's been uh, well. They they probably threatened him. There, he's he. I don't even is he in the country right now, or did yeah, he... he's in America. He's in Florida. Oh, he's in America. Okay, yeah, he's in Orlando, and he oh. tried. He tried so hard to overturn this thing in the favor of the people. I'm sure he did, but he's not. I mean, if he's in Orlando, he's not a he can't be a leader really from Orlando, uh, you know, for 
And, and I mean, that might not even be his fault, but w- on the ground there in Brazil, are there some recognizable leaders who can give structure and uh, channel this concern in a very, you know, in a more orderly and uh, helpful way or no? Is it I'll more... tell you, there's no leader. Like, okay. Um, All right. Well, that's people, a problem. <laughs> yeah. They, they do not want to have leaders. Why? Because every single leader will probably be arrested in, in kind of a minute. Okay. This is what's happening. Even financial contributions are being taken down their bank accounts, being frozen assets because of the protest. Just really? so you know, like many transportation companies that do like logistical uh, transportation of goods and, and, and stuff around the country had their bank accounts frozen and their assets uh, are the same way. So right. this is exactly the same pattern they're using in America. Um, they're using in Brazil, but somehow it is it is not working. Why? We watched the whole thing happening in 2020 in America. And we were like, we, we're preparing for this. And we've been preparing for a long time. So it, it, as I say, we okay, so, are so let me prepare do, for a long run. Yeah, right. Let me ask you this, though. Okay, so not if there's a recognizable leader, they'll get arrested. But is there a structure behind like a shadow government? Because during our war for independence in the United States, there we have these things called committees of correspondence. I'm not sure if you've read about this, but they were uh, essentially the voice of the people. They they were they became the legitimate magistrates because they had more public support than the actual governments did in some regions, and they formed um, you know organizations that would challenge uh, Great Britain. And, you know, is there something equivalent to that in Brazil where even though there's not an identifiable leader, there is a form, a structure underneath. There are people that are making calls and uh, strategizing and all of that. If there is, I don't know, but seems like there is not. This is one thing that we should have, but unfortunately we don't. This is somehow I can't speak, you know, open about this, but this is like something that needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so so they're praying and they're just hoping God will intervene and something will happen. And I guess a, maybe a general will change his heart or something. Um, I, I feel for you guys. I really do. Uh, you know, Brazil in particular and, and what's going on there, because it's it's so sad. I feel like I've watched this over the last year and I assumed it was just going to happen this way, kind of with the with the first run, uh, election and then the, you know, they had the runoff, but with that first election, I just, I thought, well, the writing's on the wall. They're going to, they're not going to let Bolsonaro have this. And so it, it feels like a train coming down the track that you can't quite stop. Um, but you're still hopeful. And there is, as you said, a cultural move in Brazil that's going in a better direction. And if that continues, that will, uh, that's going to swallow up whatever, um, communist corrupt influence exists there. If, if if this keeps happening and people keep converting to Christianity and, and or keep even just going back to a cultural kind of Christianity, um, I mean, is uh, what do you see for the next ten years? Or maybe that's too long of a period. But the next, let's say, the next year or two, what do you see happening? Do you have any predictions? Yes. Okay. Um, this move, I think, this is not going to end. Um, they're prepared for the in the long run for to to be you know the 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 stronghold to fight back socialism to fight back communism uh we, we we've been censored 
we have an electoral court. This is a crazy thing that we have. We have kind of an electoral tribunal. And the same Supreme Court judge that sits in the Supreme Court is the chief judge of the electoral court. And he is 100% against Bolsonaro. So we know that we will not solve anything through any elections. And we are destined, you know, they're destined to keep fighting in a nonstop fight. And this is not going to stop right now. What I can say is this. Um, one thing I can assure you, they are praying. They're crying out to the Lord. They know what they do not want, which is communism and socialism. But one thing they, they want as well. They want freedom for the country. They would stop corruption from happening. And this is not about Bolsonaro anymore because he's already in America. But this is for the people, to the people, from the people. And we're not going to stop. We are mm. already called We the People of Brazil. And I just want to uh, ask every single one of you to pray for Brazil. Pray for our country. Pray for your country in America. We cannot be so political or politically correct. We got to stand up for what is right in America. This is a country that revival broke to this country. And people right now are wealthy and rich, but they have to also look for their future and for their kids. Because the future is bright if we stand with God. If not, if we deviate ourselves from what is right, things are going to go really bad. I just wish the best and hope that America stand up for the, 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 for all Christians in prayer in this country and take back what is, what is yours. God bless well, you. Yeah, well, thank you, Ricardo. Uh, and I'll put the links to your social media in the info section for people to go follow you and what you're doing. And uh, yeah, I appreciate so much you being willing to come and talk about this. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.